0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
1: And on tunein.com, ping.fm, and upsnap mobile.
0: Contact Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald.
0: My mama told me when I was young, we're almost
1: superstars. She rolled hair with my lipstick on, the of Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald. This is my show, Carpe Diem. We're with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership is 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I am very grateful, blessed, and honored to have a phenomenal guest here, a friend and colleague of mine, somebody who I've had the pleasure of doing radio with before. So I'm just going to, as I always do before I turn it over to unscripted dialogue with my friend and colleague, Larry Levine, just going to plug a little bit about Larry. So I took this straight off of Wikipedia. So who is Larry Levine? Well, Larry is an American federal prison consultant. In April 2007, Larry Levine founded American Prison Consultants, a legal services firm that provides information and federal criminal litigation assistance to lawyers and offenders going through criminal proceedings in U.S. District Court who are about to enter the federal prison system. American Prison Consultants also operates under the synonymous name of Wall Street Prison Consultants. Levine's consulting program is centered on the trademarked Fed Time 101 Prison Survival Educational Course. On August 3, 1998, Levine was arrested in Northridge, California by a U.S. Department of Justice, FBI DEA ATF, Federal Organized Crime Task Force and was convicted in December of 1999 on conspiracy charges relating to narcotics trafficking, securities fraud, obstruction of justice, racketeering, and possession of automatic weapons. According to federal law enforcement sources, Levine operated as an efficiency expert in California and Nevada, allegedly directing criminal operations for an East Coast organized crime family. On May 8th, In 2000, Levine was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison by former U.S. District Judge Carlos R. Moreno, who is now a retired justice of the Supreme Court of California. In 2005, Levine was incarcerated at the former Nellis Federal Prison Camp on Nellis Air Force Base outside of Las Vegas, Nevada. And upon its closure, was transferred along with several hundred other Nellis inmates to the gang-infested, higher-security Latuna Federal Prison on the El Paso Texas-Mexican border. While at Latuna, Levine single-handedly, purs- pursuant to 28, USC-2241 filed a federal class action habeas corpus lawsuit in U.S. District Court against the U.S. Department of Justice and Federal Bureau of Prisons, claiming that the DOJ had violated its own policies by sending the Nell's inmates into higher custody. Due to Levine's actions, the DOJ was forced to act and subsequently shifted hundreds of its inmates around the country to conform to the lawsuit's claims. While in custody, Levine served time in 11 different federal correctional institutions in California, Arizona, Texas, Nevada, and Oklahoma, where he self-educated himself in federal criminal law and upon release in 2007 became a renowned international expert on the U.S. federal criminal justice system. Levine's advice, views, and comments frequently appear in wire service news reports, TV, broadcast radio, magazine, and newspaper articles worldwide. Since the Bernard Madoff scandal, he has become a popular interview subject on CNN, Fox News Channel, CBS News, ABC News, MSNBC, Bloomberg, and others, and hosts a weekly radio show on L.A. Talk Radio with retired Federal Bureau of Prison Official Bruce Cameron called Crime and Punishment. In March 2012, Levine provided commentary to several news organizations on what former Illinois governor Blagochev would face upon entering federal custody, and in October 2012, Levine appeared on the ABC News show Good Morning America, discussing what prison life might be like for convicted Pennsylvania football coach Jerry Sandusky, after he was convicted on multiple charges of sexually abusing several children over a 20-year-plus period. In July 2009... Levine was issued a cease and desist order by the New York Stock Exchange for copyright and trademark infringements due to Levine's use of images of the NYSE and references to the NYSE and crime on the Wall Street Prison Consultants website. Levine currently resides in the metropolitan Los Angeles, California area. Oh my God! <laughs> Hi, Larry.
0: Good morning.
1: So that's uh, quite the bio. You've been very busy.
0: <laughs> oh, all lies. Everything of course. But my, everything but my name.
1: Well, good to know. I'm, I'm so glad I got to plug all that then.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I've never heard anybody actually say all that.
1: Yeah, that was quite a mouthful. But, again, it goes back to the fact that you were quite busy back in the day. So what I'd like to do, Larry, upon wait, uh, welcoming you here, first of all, and I want to say what a treat it is once again to be talking to you, uh, I just want to fast forward, uh, because some of that information is old, but true nonetheless, um, despite what you say about it being lies. So let's fast forward to what's going on. You you know, I, I see pictures of you and updates all the time. You've got something going on with the History Channel now. What's that all about?
0: I can't say the name of the show because it hasn't been released yet. Gotcha. But I'm going to be on a show. Well, I've already recorded it. I signed paperwork non-disclosure till it actually comes out. But I'm going to be talking about criminals, crime, major criminals, things that um, people have done, people are doing. <laughs> they're, they're using me as like an expert on crime, which I've been described as an expert on crime. It's ironic that the federal prosecutor in Los Angeles called me the supermarket of crime. <laughs> said I had my hand in everything illegal in California. And when I was locked up, I actually wrote a screenplay called The Supermarket of Crime. And I wrote my prosecutor in as a homosexual prostitute. I made him a character because I didn't want him to think I had forgotten about him.
1: Well that See, was nice. That was know, very the, nice the, touching.
0: That, well it was nice of me. The cage you know the the New York Times recently compared me to the old Russian KGB, they said that I have a long memory, and I'm extremely vindictive. I'm not quite sure what they're talking about, though, but hey, let's run with it.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So, you know, as I often uh, do, Larry, you know, not uncommon for myself and my guests to talk about the fact that... Where people are now at the echelon of their game or whatever it is they've chosen to manifest for themselves or whatever their current endeavors or passions are, you know, generally it's birthed out of uh, the shit that they've gone through. Sometimes the darkest period in their life and the ability and the mindset to turn that and transform that into gold. So in terms of what that experience was for you, I mean, that's a harsh life that majority of the population will never have inside sense of uh Cannot really truly wrap their brain around that. So for what that experience was for you. you, What are
0: you talking about?
1: Uh, Your incarceration. Who said that was a dark period in my life? Okay, well, if I'm wrong, correct me.
0: It wasn't a dark period. Matter of fact, I enjoyed prison because I had a break from life. I had a break from bullshit. I had a break from society. I didn't have to really work. I could sleep all day long. I had an opportunity to educate myself. I had nobody calling me on the telephone bothering me, nobody trying to borrow money from me. You know, I enjoyed the downtime. Maybe 10 years was a bit long. But I don't consider it really to be a dark period. And When people look at me and I tell them how old I am, they go, no, you're not that old. I go, yeah, I, am. I have to show my driver's license to people all the time. Just to prove how old I am, I they go, well, you don't look that old. I go, that's because prison was a stress-free environment. It preserved me, you know. So never think that prison for me was a dark period of my life. Maybe before I went into prison with all the shit that I was involved in, you know, that might have been a dark period. But I like to think of prison was more of a rebirth that it gave me new direction that it centered me and it it taught me things about what life is really about just meeting all these different people and I mean all these just things you can't imagine and I'm still in contact with several people just before we we came on this morning I had a friend messaged me from Orange County, California. He was in there on tax fraud charges. He owns a chain of strip clubs in Southern California, and he just saw some pictures I posted on Facebook and invited me to come down to his club. He's got a new sushi bar he just opened. I know a lot of good, substantial people that came out of custody Mm -hmm. that are really people of substance now, Lisa.
1: Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you correcting me, and my bad for making that assumption or presumption, but, um.
0: Well, for most people, but wait, that's not an unvalid presumption, because for most people, as they've said, and I've been written up in magazines and newspapers, and, you know, a, a former criminal completely turned his life around. A lot of people could not have done what I did.
1: Mm hmm. And so what do you attribute that to? Because knowing that the majority of people who shared similar circumstances perhaps may have deemed that to be the darkest period in their life, what do you think separates you with the mindset of those people that made that actually, as you said, a rebirth?
0: Because I didn't treat prison seriously. You know, I was a military intelligence officer for 10 years, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I was a private investigator in L.A., And Before I got taken into custody. And I dealt with crime, seedy people, dangerous situations, people getting killed. So for me, the prison system wasn't really a challenge. Matter of fact, a prison psychologist said that I treated the prisons like it was my own personal adult amusement park. (laughs) That I just, you know, I took the time... I like to look at it like this. Mm-hmm. I took the time. I spent it wisely. It's like going to college, kind of a mm-hmm. fucked up college. But I went to college and I learned. I learned the system. I got lawyers that hire me now. And this is why the major news media uses me, because I just say shit how it is. I don't have to lie. Mm-hmm. I don't have to bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like a lot of these news media, or I shouldn't say a lot of them, but several of them, they try to sanitize what I say. You I actually discussed this yesterday. He did. They did. They try to sanitize what I say where I'll go on and, you know, well, no, you can't say that. I go, yeah, I can't say that. You know, NBC, I'll say their name, the national broadcasting company, NBC is the worst trying to sanitize me, and I just won't do it, and I've threatened to walk several times, you know, and... A lot of the other networks are much better. But when I go on air, they got their finger on that fucking button, you know, because they know, God, what's he going to say now? And it just drives them nuts. But, you know, the gist of it, Lisa, I took a bad situation and I turned it into something good. I I paid attention to what was going on. I didn't know the first shit about prison Mm -hmm. before I went in. But I look, it's like today, I try to teach my kids. I try to teach other people this. Look for opportunity, and this kind of goes with what your life coaching and your whole. – I'm not still not quite sure exactly what it is you do after the <laughs> amount of time I've known you, but it all – living fearlessly, okay, but it all goes into opportunity. Slow down. Mm-hmm. Take a look at what's around you. Look for opportunity. People are just so fucking impulsive. It's like I teach my clients now, and I work with some of the biggest criminals going into custody because I know shit their lawyers don't know. The lawyers hire me. They all hire me. I tell people that if somebody fucks you over, you you want to burn them back, that's okay. You can burn them back. You don't have to be nice, but you don't have to do it today. Mm-hmm. Wait. Time is on your side. Wait for that opportune moment where they are most vulnerable. And they've let their guard down. Then you can fuck these motherfuckers ten times as hard. And people come back later and they thank me. Yeah, I really fucked them over. Well, good for you. And by the way, send me another couple thousand dollars, you know.
1: <laughs> well, this would be a good segue to let people know uh, that pending getting some things ironed out behind the scenes, and it's already been publicly men- mentioned on my Facebook page, which you've been tagged on, uh, Larry and I are going to be co-hosting our own weekly radio show uh, right now we're looking at going live on Thursdays whether it's actually next Thursday uh, or the following Thursday but that's upcoming pretty quickly folks and we've decided between the two of us that it's going to be called the Lisa and Larry show and you know I would beg to differ Larry, I think you do know quite a bit about me because I'm quite selective outside of yeah, I use my own social media platforms and, and broad based reaching. Yeah, raise. yeah,
0: but what is it? Somebody contacts you. I know when somebody hires me, these fucking people are in trouble. They're going away. The FBI's crawling up their ass. Mm-hmm. Okay. I gotta pull their head out. I gotta straighten shit out. Somebody calls you, what mm-hmm. is it you do for them? Why would somebody let's let's talk about you? Sure. Why okay. would somebody call you? What would what would let's forget about me, okay? If mm-hmm. somebody called you, what would you do for them?
1: Okay, well, I appreciate the question, although the the focus is and the spotlight should be on you, but I will answer your question. People uh, you know, I Google Larry Levine
0: prison. I come up a quarter of a million times. People could read about me all day long. What is it you do?
1: Well, I wear a lot of different hats, as you know, Larry. Uh, which You're is, an
0: author. I know uh,
1: that. Yeah, I'm an author. So to date, I have birthed four children's books. The final one in the series before I wrap it up is currently being illustrated. My books are in Toys R Us. Uh, they're in Chapters, Coles, Indigo, Amazon, all over the place. And what's really nice about that is the message resonates with all demographics, including people who don't have children or grandchildren. So based on that, I've been invited to many schools, uh, to talk to children, to talk to faculty. Uh, as a result of my message, I've been sought out as A convocation speaker this past 2016 as part of the alumni at Mohawk College, where I attended prior to going to university. Uh, I just finished speaking at Harvard. Again, my message, living fearlessly, what that resonates. And this was all birthed out of a reinvention process as a result of becoming a single mom in 2011 and having to figure out very quickly once my youngest started school full time only two years ago what was I going to do in terms of. Hold
0: on, single mom, you have. the hardest job in America, right there.
1: Thank you, I appreciate. Well, you're that. not even in
0: America. She has the hardest job in North America. She's
1: in <laughs> well, thank you, I appreciate that, and it, it, it's true. You know, it's uh, it's true, and I appreciate you saying that. That would be validating for thousands of people. Listening. It, it's true, oh. big yeah.
0: mother. I watch the shit my daughter goes through with my grandchildren, and I'm thinking to myself, God, I'm glad I don't have to do this again.
1: You right. <laughs> Well, that's, so that's one hat that I wear right now. I'm currently endeavoring to write my first adult nonfiction book, and um, I don't want to say too much about that because I do like somewhat the element of surprise.
0: Okay, so we got you. Hold on. We got you. You're an author. You write books. People buy them. You write some good material. Yep. Somebody calls you right now. Let's say when well, we got off air. Somebody calls yep. you. They're calling Lisa Living Fearlessly. What is it you do for the people that hire you?
1: Sure. Well, again, I also mentor clients. I have a roster of clients, and uh, I meet with them, so I work on getting very clear with them as to what they define their passions and getting them unstuck. And so you're so, a life coach. Uh, Yeah, I'm a coach. I'm a mentor. I'm a speaker, uh, a radio show host, as you know, going into another radio show. Yeah, but I'm talking
0: about what you do for the end user, the person. Uh, you're I tried- a mentor, you're a life coach for these yeah. people they call you.
1: Okay, right. gotcha. Yeah, and so based on the testimonials that I receive, based on my growing network of people, clients, collaborations, partnerships, uh, what people tell me about why they wish to partner with me or what they get out of my products, primarily being myself, my books, my radio, is that I transform their lives. I help them get unstuck. I help them unfuck themselves. So,
0: uh, You know what? You too. I help people unfuck. Somebody recently asked me why I associate with you. I'm not going to mention names, but they asked me why I associate with you. I know who
1: you're talking about. Yeah, go ahead. And
0: I told this person, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who I consider a friend, despite any differences you have with them, that I find you entertaining. I find that there's value, and I look for value. And if I thought Lisa – was a fucking moron and she had no value. <laughs> I wouldn't even be on here today. I wouldn't give her one second of my time. Really. I mean, well, like,
1: and coming from you, Larry, I truly appreciate that because I know you're no nonsense and I know that your radar for, you know, sniffing through the bullshit, it's, uh, my it's bullshit on-
0: detector is on high.
1: Yes, I know. I know. And, you know, and what you said, although I appreciate the compliment, and I know it's more of a compliment because it derives from a place of truth in terms of your opinion and your perception of me, which, again, I'm greatly uh, appreciative of. More importantly, you know, as we know, Larry, you know, when you own your own truth, when you step into – when you acknowledge your own bullshit and when you get very clear about where it is you're going, what you stand for, what you represent, and in the business of having a brand – and connecting with people and paying it forward and being of service to other people, call it your brand, call it my brand, call it what you do versus what I do, at the end of the day, We have gotten exceptionally clear on who we are, and when you put yourself out there, whether it be radio, whether it be TV, which I also do, you know, a whole host of things, when you put yourself in the public eye, you open yourself up for public scrutiny, and you have to have very thick skin in order to stomach that and push through and not even care, and I'm so clear on where I'm going, where I already am. And I say this, I am not in competition with other people. I'm here to refine myself on a daily basis, improve myself, get exceptionally clear on an ongoing basis, and to put what I believe are my gifts, my talents, my message out there into the world. And the fact that I know that I do uh, resonate with people, to me I'm not concerned with the numbers necessarily, but the fact that even with my live stream videos, something that I've said has been cathartic, it's been healing, it's been transforming for them, then that's fine. I know there's going to be naysayers. I know there's going to be Oh Yeah, I
0: mean, I get people badmouth me all the time, and Uh, I just, like, give them my best fuck you smile. You know, hi, how are you? Yeah, fuck you, too. You know, and I'm working with some politicians right now that have brought me in as, like, political consultants, too. Kind of help them burn their political opponents, which mm-hmm. I don't mind doing for a fee. But I'm I'm teaching them, and they should know this already, that they just need to let things go. Bounce it off you. People are bad-mouthing you. Hi, thanks for coming today. Shake their hand. That you're not going to make everybody happy, and you don't have to try to make people happy. Because there will be a certain percentage of haters, Mm -hmm. no matter what. I have in my own family, I mean, family members that are very, very uncomfortable and unhappy about my success. Mm -hmm. Seriously, Mm -hmm. that it's not fair that you went away to prison for 10 years, and look where you are now, and, and I went to school, and I have my degrees, and I have all this, and you know, it's not fair where you're at and everything you're doing because people have this, this I don't know, mindset that they think people that went into custody are supposed to be down and out and hard on their luck and feeling sorry for themselves. And there's friends, there's other people I know, the same thing that they are uncomfortable by my success. Mm-hmm. Now, does it prevent them? They don't even know that I know they're bad-mouthing me because I don't say anything. I like to keep a dummy dumb. But on the <laughs> other hand, these fucking people, they don't have a problem coming to me trying to borrow money thinking I'm like an ATM machine or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they'll jump on the dollar bandwagon. They'll want to go on my show. They'll yeah. want to, uh, uh, they'll want me to name drop them. Can I introduce them to my agent? Can I do this or that? And I give them my best fuck you smile. You know, I'll see about doing that. But in prison, Lisa, I learned a magic word, which I'm going to teach the listeners today. Uh And this word doesn't cost anything. It's free. It's highly effective, and you don't have to justify it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that word is, Lisa? Uh, Is it no? It is. The word is no. Mm -hmm. That you can make a decision and just tell people no. Mm No. No. You know, you don't have you. you – I've made my mind up. My mind is no. You don't have to tell people why because maybe other than your children, mm-hmm. you don't fucking owe anybody any explanation for anything if you've made your mind up. You don't have to tell people why you decided this. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, why? Why can't you do Because I don't want to. I've decided I don't want to. I don't have to tell you why. Mm-hmm. My answer is no. And I can throw that no out. In a matter of seconds, like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just fucking cuts people off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you really – you can kind of, like, play with people's emotions. It's kind of like if you run into, like, an ugly woman. Let's see some fat chick or something. Oh, Mary. Hey, <laughs> it is what it is. This is me. And I know. You, you need her to do something, you know. You can look at her and say, wow, you look very nice today. That's a beautiful dress you're wearing. Now – It didn't cost anything to say that. It was free, but Mm -hmm. it made her feel good about herself. Mm -hmm. So you can – this is kind of what I teach my clients, Lisa, that you can manipulate people's feelings to get – I'm a rotten son of a bitch. I really am. At least I'm not in fucking denial, am I? (laughs) It's kind of like saying no. You know, you don't need to give a reason why. Cuts people off. Tell people how nice they look. You know, this is funny. When I first got out of custody, um, I know we're off track now, but this is funny. I want to share this with the listeners. How do you feel? When I got out of custody, I'd been locked up a long time. And I was new to dating. Online dating was like the fucking ticket. Mm-hmm. And I'd converse, I you know, I'd converse with a lot of different women. There was this one woman somewhere out in L.A. She kind of pissed me off, said some shit to me I didn't like. And I looked at her pictures, and I asked her what was wrong with her picture. She's like, well, what do you mean? I go, well, it looks like one side of your face, like one of your eyes is bigger than the other, and like your nose. And she's like, really? I go, well, let me look. I go, well, no, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe it's just my monitor. She's like, okay. I said, well, you know, now that I'm looking at a different angle, I don't know. I said, oh, you know, just forget about it it's just me see so what i've done here lisa i planted this seed in her head that her face was fucked up right well within an hour she had changed that picture online because she thought cuz i guess she stared at it maybe she saw something that really wasn't there because it's like manifesting i made those feelings manifest inside of her mental manipulation mm-hmm. welcome to the world <laughs> Hey, maybe I should run for office.
1: Well, there you go. There you go, because I think based on how you've just described yourself and using that as a perfect example, you would fit the bill, my friends. You would fit the bill, because when I see all the crap that's going on right now and the defamation of character and all these accusations and, and you know, I mean, it's I've never seen anything that state of atrociousness. It is vile what is going on right now. And are you are, talking about Donald Trump? Huh. I'm, yes, I'm talking about the whole campaign. I'm talking about everything that I see on interviews, everything that's quoted, everything that's tweeted. It's disturbing.
0: It is. You know, and I had just had somebody ask me the other day, like, well, who am I supporting? And I says, well, let's see, Hillary is a lying thief and Trump is a lying moron. And I think I would rather vote for the thief because with a thief, you know what to expect. With a moron, he could go either way. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I read a report, you know, in Gary, Indiana. This is, I wanted to bring this up after I read it this early this morning. I thought I'm going to talk about this for a minute on your show. Something new Trump said that he was supposed to build a casino in Gary, Indiana like in, I don't know, the 90s, early 2000s, and he made all these promises and all these representations, economic redevelopment in the community and hiring people, I mean, just all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And naturally, he reneged on about 90% of it. And later on, he says, well, none of the representations that I made were legally binding. Imagine that. that. Sounds like someone else I know. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, I thought, well, imagine that. No, he really – you can read this on Associated Press, and I was, like, shocked. Right. The thing is, it's not legally binding. Well, I'm thinking, well, Mr. Trump, why did you even bother to make those representations? Mm-hmm. You know,
1: well, you know Larry, you touched upon something that, you know, strikes a chord in me. And, um, you know, Donald Trump, everybody knows who he is, and – but there's so many people who fall into the category of characteristically being like that, especially within business, you know, people who oversell and under-deliver, who think probably they're very good at their game of being emotional manipulators or trying to take the mickey out of people or whatever the case may be. But I think at the end of the day, that karma always catches up with you. And if you don't value your reputation or your integrity – I mean, particularly in the business world, you know, you're gonna you're gonna be out or ousted very quickly. And so, if that's a gamble, some people feel it's worth taking. Well,
0: this is why my business is successful: one, because I don't bullshit, but two, because there's all these scam artists and def- people defrauding out there, and these white collar defrauding criminals come to me for help because they're going into custody, and I know how to get them out of custody early and get them into programs and. Just, you know, pull their head out of their ass. But the the former mayor of Gary, Indiana, called Trump Mr. Slick, a slick businessman trying to take advantage of people. And that should be an example right there. They should teach that in business school, that very example. Yes. Say what you mean and mean what you say. It's – people call me that they think I'm like fucking Jesus or Moses or something that – I can work miracles for them as far Mm -hmm. as the law, and I mean, I've done some things. I've helped out a lot of people, but if I can't help somebody with their criminal case, I fucking tell them, you know what? You're fucked. There's Mm -hmm. nothing I could do to help you. You can give me a million dollars today, cash. Mm -hmm. I can't help you. It can't be done, and here's why. And I wouldn't suggest you hire anybody else either because they're just going to rip you off and they're going to take, you know, take your money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are some fraud people out there that provide, you know, a value of services. I'm going to slam everybody that might have deceptive business practices. Look at uh, Bernie Madoff. Do you think yeah. Bernie Madoff was born a criminal? He came out of the womb and said, oh, I'm going to steal several billion dollars. People like this, they get into a situation. There's a cash crunch. There's something. Mm -hmm. And they cut corners. They commit a little bit of fraud. They cover whatever is going on. And they think, wow, that was easy. Then they do it again. And then they do it again. And then they're lying to cover everything up to the point they are in so fucking deep that mm-hmm. they just can't pull themselves out. Think about this, Lisa. If the financial crisis hadn't happened, Bernie Madoff may still be out there committing fraud. True. The, the fact that the markets crashed and mm-hmm. he couldn't continue the Ponzi scheme, he ran out of money. Mm-hmm. But it just got to be easy. People ask me, like, when I was out there committing all these crimes, that, uh, alleged crimes you were talking about in my intro, mm-hmm. that did I do it because I needed the money? No, I didn't need the fucking money. I had money coming in. I came from a, a good family, you know. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed crime. I really liked crime. Made me feel good. One of those <laughs> it was one of those feel good things. It's like. I don't know, getting over on something, I, I figured out a way to manipulate the system. Mm-hmm. I told somebody yesterday uh, about a situation I had in a restaurant where there was a little tiny hair in my food, and we called over, I don't know, the manager, the waiter, whoever the fuck it was, and said, you know, there's something in here, and they look, oh my God, we're so sorry. Uh, we're going to bring you a new one, and we're going to comp the bill, and we're, would, would you like dessert? Oh, yeah, I'd like a piece of chocolate cake. Sure, I love dessert. <laughs> and so I told this person that, and they uh, told me that it was dishonest. It was deceptive. I go, well, no, I really found the hair. But the point was, I, I told them you could go into any restaurant, take a little hair with you, and throw it in there. You, you could go into a different restaurant in L.A. every single day, and play the hair trick, and you could get, you could get free food. You know? Wow. A, on a like, well, the baby Jesus is crying now because of you doing this. <laughs> I thinking, well, the baby Jesus has other reasons to cry over things I've done other than getting a free meal somewhere.
1: Well, let me ask you this, Larry. Yeah. You know, um, so for all the people that seek you out, for the people who you honestly feel that you can help out, whether it be reduced sentences, whether it be finding loopholes, whether it getting reduced sentencing time, Um, For some of these people, like are you just so good at what you do, you don't really care, like you're able to disconnect somewhat to the degree of what it is that they're potentially going to be incarcerated for, and because you're good at what you do, you just focus on that and getting a reduced sentence or whatever the case may be that might prove to be advantageous for them? Or do you sometimes, using your own barometer of humanity or bullshit radar or whatever you want to call it, go, you know what? I could probably help this person, but they're just so despicable in terms of what they've done. I don't even want to be attached to it.
0: Is this a trick question? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I get people call me for all kinds of things. My pet peeve crime is like child molestation, kitty porn, child pornography. Mm-hmm. And I have helped out one person who had that in my entire career. This was when I, not long after I got out of custody and I first started. And I figured, well, if I don't help this person, someone else will. I may as well get his money. And I did. But nowadays when these people call me, I tell them, well, I really, really can't help you. There's nothing I can do. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you free advice. You need to pray to God because you're going to get beat up every fucking day. Now, it's not true; they're really not going to get beat up every day. I just tell them that so they're scared when they go in. You know, maybe they'll commit suicide or something. They're so afraid. Who knows? It's my, way of back. It's my way of giving back to the community. You know. All right. But everybody is entitled to a defense. Look at a criminal attorney that's handling rape cases. You know, Just because you've been charged with a crime doesn't mean that you're guilty, and I kind of do disassociate myself. I have people that hire me, and they lie to me, and Mm -hmm. I know they're lying, and I don't say anything right away because they don't know. I've read their case. I've read all their shit. I know more about their case than they do, Mm -hmm. and I just let them go on and on and on, and I just shake my head and smile. Wow, that's terrible. I get kind of condescending. And then when they're done spinning their lies, I'll go, well, now that you've spent the last half hour bullshitting me, why don't you tell me what really happened? You know, I'm here to help you. And if you want to pay me to lie to me, that's fine too because it's the same price. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be honest with you and give you an honest assessment. And if you want someone – to lie back to you and spoon-feed you bullshit, call your lawyer. Because your lawyer will be more than happy to take your money and listen to your lies and give you lies back. But I don't have time for the bullshit, so you need to pull your head out of your ass. (laughs) Let's see what we can do. Oh, I tell my clients that they are fucking morons, that they are stupid, that... They, their mother should have wrapped that umbilical cord around their neck at birth and just strangled them when they came out of the womb. Wow. I, I say all kinds of horrible things to my clients. And, you know, they love me too because I give them an honest assessment, an honest opinion. But getting back to your semi-trick question, yeah, there are, there are crimes that I will not help the people. I have a competitor I really don't like. In, uh, up near, I think he's in Connecticut. He keeps moving around because he's a fraudster. Another one in Florida. And when I get people that call that nobody can help, that there's just no resolve, I'll refer them to this guy. I says now he'll tell you, you need to call him and tell him your story. Be sure you leave these facts out when you call him. And he's going to tell you he can't help you, but he's lying. He really can. I tell them to call him because I don't like this guy in Florida because he rips people off, and mm-hmm. I know that in the end he won't be able to get money out of him, but he'll listen to their bullshit for a couple hours. And I just <laughs> do it to be an asshole, so he'll waste, they'll waste his time. That's my way. That's like my consumer fraud. Hey,
1: this, this is Larry's example of how he chooses to pay it forward, people, and be of service to others. <laughs> That's right. Okay, well, let me ask you this, Larry. This is not unlike a question that I ask a lot of my guests on radio. And, in fact, perhaps I've even asked you this before when we did radio. I bet you're not
0: hearing the question. I bet my answer might be a little bit different than your other guests.
1: Uh, I think a lot of your answers are different from the majority of my guests, yes. Um, I won't skirt around that one at all. So let me ask you this then. So in terms of assessing your own life, In terms of you knowing better than anybody, because we're in our own skin 24-7, there's nobody who can really understand the journey of Larry Levine than Larry Levine. What is the legacy you choose to leave behind and you wish to be most remembered for?
0: Dead bodies in 24 states. Wow. I'm lying. I just had to say that. Nobody's ever asked me that before. I thought that was a cool answer, though.
1: Uh Yeah, it, it, well, a lot uh, of guests
0: they might believe that. No, I haven't killed anybody in 24 states. Okay. Well, let's see. What legacy do I want?
1: Yes, when you when you stand for what you stand for, you live the life that you live. You've had the experiences that you've had. You know, regardless of whether, again, we both say people are going to love us, people are going to hate us. We're not here to be everyone's cup of tea, and we're very clear about that, and we're very comfortable with that. So based on who you are. Based on what's important to you, what is the legacy you wish to leave behind, and how do you think you'll be remembered?
0: Mean what you say, and say what you mean, and mm-hmm. cover the ground you walk on.
1: Okay, so don't step in dog shit, people. <laughs> if you're good, if you mean something, say
0: it. If you say something, mean it. Right. You know, don't. The legacy is I'm not, I don't bullshit. I don't have to lie. Mm-hmm. That just put forth, if you can't do something, say you can't do it. If you don't know something, say you don't. I tell my clients all the time, I don't know. I'll mm-hmm. find the answer out. I like to consider myself to be like an honest criminal. Mm-hmm. And that might have a little bit of misnomer there, but I'm like kind of honest and forefront. You know, I'm easy to talk to. I consider everybody, matter of fact, Let me see, what does it say on my Facebook page? There's some kind of bullshit there they put on there that makes you say something about you, your intro. All right, here it is. I'm the person they warned you about. I can be your best friend or worst enemy. That's up to you. So what that really comes down to, Lisa, that as far as I'm concerned, everybody is my friend. The people that aren't my friends are those that choose not to be. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. But you can you pick your friends. You can't pick your relatives. Unfortunately, I'm stuck with some of these fucking people.
1: You're not alone, buddy. <laughs> You're not alone.
0: You know, but it is what it
1: is. Yeah. And
0: if they called me for help after I make them grovel, because I'll do that. I'll make them fucking grovel. I will help them. But I want them to, I want to debase them and demean them for the rotten shit they've said about me. They don't know that I know.
1: Well, let that
0: me makes, ask- It makes me feel good.
1: Okay, well, hey, it's all about self-love, right? Let me ask you something here. Um, So for all that you've gone through, and clearly you have found the positives within it, you talked about your experience of incarceration as not being a dark place. It was actually what came before that that you would identify and deem to be the dark place. However... Given that your environment of people that you were incarcerated with and all the stuff that you saw, uh, some of the population of people, again, would meet your criteria of who you would choose on a criminal scale, not to associate with or, you know, on the hierarchy of criminals, uh, not people that you would want to help or represent. So – for what you do and constantly hearing people's disclosures and being in the criminal world and for what you get sought out for by media outlets, CNN, all these other big uh, news stations um, and broadcast centers, you know, do you feel that you're pretty jaded about humanity? Do you, do, do you see humanity um, for what you hear? Uh, and the world that you're immersed in, do you tend to look upon the world as being more dark than bright or people being more dishonest than honest? Are you able to separate that and go, this might be the people in the population of demographic that I provide service to, but I still fundamentally have a core belief that people are generally good? Like That's least... a
0: hell of a question. You're all over the board here, hon. That's a hell of a question. Just ask a question and I'll answer it. Okay, that was a storybook question. I, I hate storybook questions.
1: Okay, so... What it you want to fucking know? Okay, so what I want to know, Larry, is based on the world that you're immersed in and all the disclosures and everything that you've experienced in your own incarceration, do you tend to look upon society and the people who inhabit society as being more good fundamentally or not? Do you see the world as more positive or not?
0: I look upon things skeptical. Mm-hmm. everything with a little bit of skepticism like well let me see is that really i i try to determine to begin with the people are lying and i'm pretty good at that mm-hmm. and whether they're lying or not like i said i don't let on immediately i'll let them take their lie to the umpteenth degree and i will play it and i'll mm-hmm. know they're so full of shit i will go wow well, let's get into this a little deeper Then after their lies have unfolded, then I'll pull the fucking cover off. Say, listen up, stupid. But, you know, I look at – I treat each situation differently. Mm -hmm. I handle people differently because different people like – let's call it aftercare. Different (laughs) people need a different amount of – you've got to relate to people a different way. There's a term that is used. It's called mirroring. You know what mirroring is. Absolutely. I talk about it a lot. Yeah, it, you've got a. It's like somebody who's a professional business person that got caught up in some kind of white collar fraud, and a lot. Some of these people really don't know they signed a paper and they got in trouble. I feel bad for them, but they're screwed anyway. <laughs> I'm going to talk to them a different way than I'm going to talk to a drug dealer. I'm <laughs> skeptical. I'm not really even answering your question. I don't think, but I'm skeptical to both of them, but I'll handle each one of them differently in a manner that they can understand, mm-hmm. you know? So am I jaded? Yeah, I guess I'm jaded. I'm, shit, jaded. I view the world differently mm-hmm. than most people. It's kind of like threats. I like threats. Threats appeal to me. And I mm-hmm. respond to them differently differently. You know, than ordinary people do. I I like a good challenge. Right. Problem is, is, that people fucking cave. And it's mm-hmm. like not any fun anymore. <laughs> because I have the upper hand over so many of these people. Mm-hmm. That it's like, shit, well, that wasn't any fun. You know, I, I want a good challenge. That's, that's kind of why I'm helping all these politicians right now. Because I can help them fuck over their opponents
1: yay go team well you know listeners what i want to say in terms of uh, the term mirroring which i often use as my loyal listenership would know and for hearing larry cite the same you know perfect example lisa asks a storybook question and larry provides a storybook answer love it so
0: mirroring oh, that's a that's a life coaching tool to so see you know
1: Oh, you don't need to tell me. My toolbox is pretty clear. Just so the
0: listeners know, I am a certified professional life coach. I've been to two ICF, International Coaching Federation, schools. I have my 60 hours. And I think life coaching is bullshit. You know, I think it's practicing something without a license. That's just a, which is a crime. I'm not opposed to committing crimes. But <laughs> if you can just talk to people, and and be yourself you know mm-hmm. just adapt that's the biggest problem right there P- lisa that yeah people need to change they need to adapt they can't be like dick cheney former vice president weapons of mass destruction this dumbass repeated this shit a million times of the fact he believed his own lies that as the situation changes you need to change mm-hmm. you need to learn how to adapt with your environment and what's around you and move forward It's kind of like you're not going to walk into a store nowadays and buy a videotape, are you? Right. It doesn't doesn't exist anymore. Although my dad still has his VCR that he's still recording stuff on. I kid you not. (laughs) I don't know where he gets the tapes.
1: Maybe it's all your CNN debuts.
0: He does. I swear to God, he does. (laughs) He records all my news media stuff on videotape so he can play it back later and show people. Wow, He wouldn't even know what a DVR is if you told him.
1: What about a podcast? Because you're going to be getting the podcast for this. So he okay. would,
0: no, he does know that if I send him something, he can go click on a link. Okay. A lot of my time, which is frustrating, he's got problems with his computer. Like, who doesn't? Well, he's mm-hmm. almost 80 years old. So instead of me telling him, do this, do that, because I'll pull my hair out, which I don't have, <laughs> I was like, so let's go on Team Viewer. Do you know what Team Viewer is, Lisa?
1: Uh, I'm not sure.
0: It's like remote control where you can access somebody's screen and do stuff. Okay. You can, well, I go and remotely access his computer. He gives me the password. We've got it set up. It's easier for me just to access his systems and, mm-hmm. and fix his problem in about three or four minutes than having to get frustrated and yell at this poor guy on the phone. Wow. You know, I feel a- bad about doing it, but I get frustrated.
1: Mm hmm. Well, what a lovely son you are. <laughs> <laughs> thank okay. you yes well Larry we're not going to have too long before we have to wrap up the show it always goes too quickly for my liking so please give us a little bit of uh heads up information here where is it that people can find you tune in to you follow you anything you want to share that's upcoming aside from what I've already plugged in terms of our show Lisa and Larry's show what else they, can you they
0: can find they can find me at a racetrack high betting on horses and the bleeding <laughs> no, they can find me they can find me at a strip club my buddy owns Okay. they can go to wall street prison mm-hmm. they can go to los angeles prison mm-hmm. they can uh, contact me at 8555 prison that's eight five 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 prison special operators are now standing by. You know, they can email me at Larry Levine at PacificTelephone.net, you know? If you need my help, call me. If I can't help you, I'll just fucking tell you. I can't help you. I'll make yeah. it easy on you. You'll send them to that guy in Florida. Is that where it
1: was? I will, All I right. will, send, them to,
0: I will send them to that guy in Florida. Uh, Michael Franz, that's his name. Michael Franz. I will send you to Mike Franz, and Franz will skillfully bullshit you. <laughs> what a fucking
1: people. Okay, so we've got four minutes here, Larry. What would be your parting words to the listeners or anybody who prospectively might seek you out for representation?
0: Don't believe a word I say because I'm so full of shit. I made all this up just for Lisa's <laughs> show. Because she told me when she called me, and I agreed to go on. It's still early here. I wouldn't even normally be up now that... My listeners want to be entertained. So Lisa made up that entire thing she read from Wikipedia. None <laughs> of it is true. And My partner's words are that think before you act. Mm-hmm. You know, Think of consequences before you do things. It's kind of like a child putting his hand in the fire. You know you're going to get burned. They don't believe you. Well, they put their body on burn. Well, it looks stupid. That you need to really and look for value in things that you do. Be Mm -hmm. selfish. I teach my clients this. I teach my, I tell my listeners this. Care about yourself. This is like anti-Lisa here because Lisa teaches be nice. Don't (laughs) be nice. Be an asshole. Care about yourself above and beyond everybody else. Fuck other people. You worry about yourself first. And after you've pulled your head out of your ass, Then you can worry about other people. Well, it has to start within you.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to correct you on something before we have to say cheerio here, Larry. I don't teach people to be nice. I think nice. I don't like that word. I think it's really watered down, dummy down. I teach people to get clear, to uh, follow their passions, to unfuck themselves and, you know, to basically empower themselves. That's what I teach, and I don't see NICE being synonymous with any of that. It's self-love, as you said. It does start with self, and we're very much on the same page with that. And because of the other similarities that align us and and have caused us to cross paths, which I'm very fortunate for, I'm looking forward, once again, plugging it here. Lisa and Larry are going to be coming to radio very, very soon. So, Larry, I want to thank you very much for your time. Always a treat to be talking to you. Um, you know, Everything you say kind of takes me into a different reality. I'm like, I'm orbiting right now. I'm spinning. So I just want to say thank you very much for the gift of your time. We'll be talking behind the scenes as we always do, and I'll soon be issuing you a copy of the podcast. So love to you, my friend. And for listeners who took the time out of your day once again to join me here on my show, Lisa McDonald, host of Carpe Diem with the Contact Talk Radio Network, go live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. I want to thank you once again for your loyal listenership. I wish you a fantastic weekend. Be safe. Love and gratitude. Lisa from Dundas, Ontario, Canada. Out. All my best. You've been listening to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com.